think the imposter syndrome. I mean, I I know on a few of your other episodes you've talked about it before, and I think it's such a a big thing that we experience, especially in leadership roles, um, and that no one really prepares you for.、Um, but I think it's one of those things that I had to learn to navigate、um, and. Just understand that, like, not having a traditional background and moving into a different career, that actually makes you have a way more unique perspective, or allows you to learn things faster, or leverage the skills that you had from, you know, your previous life or your previous background to optimize those new skills that you're learning.、Um, and I think there's not enough、um, feeling of safety in that. So. Um, imposter syndrome for me for years was a huge thing. Only up until recently, when I kind of learned to embrace that process. Welcome to the Drift, the podcast where we get to hear from some of the most extraordinary women and chat on all things business strategy, personal development, and leadership. I'm your host Aloisa, and today's guest is Christina DeJesus, Chief Innovation Officer at In-House Physicians. As a first-generation immigrant, Christina recognized the long-term consequences of health inequity. She was inspired by her mother's service as a nurse to pursue a career in healthcare and expand access to care to communities that needed it most. After years on the front lines as an RN and FNP, she provided into the pivoted into the startup and enterprise world to combat the major impact of the global health pandemic from a broader perspective. At the height of COVID-19. Christina spearheaded the development of scalable global health solutions, operations, and health risk mitigation strategies for Fortune 500 companies, underserved communities, and nationwide school systems. Today, Christina's focus is on building Asterius Health, a next-generation direct primary care model making value-based preventative, acute, and chronic care accessible and effective, all while counteracting the current primary care provider shortage. Welcome, Christina. Hey. Hey, how you doing? Good, good. <laughs> I am so so excited to have you on, and for everybody to be able to hear your story, and then also hear your insights on goodness, the entire entire spectrum of health, and honestly, most frankly, your entire personal journey of how you've been able to progress in your career. So, to kind of go ahead and kick us off here, can you share with us a little background on yourself and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean. You did a really good job in the intro.、Um, I guess some background、uh, behind the scenes too. I, it's just it's hard for me to tell my story without talking about my parents.、Um, so to keep it very brief,、um, you alluded to you know my mom's a nurse and she kind of got into that because when they moved from the Philippines, her and her sisters literally could not afford school, so they all had to share the same books. Um, so they could all become nurses, and they all became these like amazing nurses and healers. But it really made healthcare and science just part of my everyday conversations growing up. And then my dad has always kind of been this like this innovator.、Um, so he was always like inventing new things and finding new or more efficient ways to do things. And he just loved to share that wealth of knowledge. And I ended up absorbing kind of all of these attributes, which didn't make sense at the time, but.、Um, It ended up being really big parts of me that contributed to this journey that I, you know, that I'm on today. So naturally, I ended up becoming a nurse,、um, and I had this opportunity to work with this 
hospital that was, uh, it's new and it was growing and they wanted to expand. And so I got the chance to streamline a lot of their processes and help them achieve that growth that they were looking for. And I really fell in love with that type of work, um, but I was still working on the bedside. So uh, I ended up burning out actually after a couple years on the bedside. And that was where like my first pivot was um, in my career. So I kind of took this leap of faith and worked with this Harvard doctor to co-found a precision health startup in Los Angeles. Um, and then the pandemic happened. And I think with all the just overwhelming consequences of um, the pandemic, and I was in LA at the time, so all of the large protests, I had this calling to come back to the front lines and ended up working with this global healthcare company um, just as a nurse uh, on the front lines, helping this underserved community. And um, I started kind of picking apart different ways to optimize and grow what they were already doing. And I was able to have the opportunity to sit down with the CEO and share those insights. And ever since then, I've been leading innovation and growth at the same company. Oh my gosh. There's there's so many, so many things that I definitely want to be able to tap into here. First and foremost, I didn't realize that you were a Filipino. Yeah. How did we not connect on that the first time that yeah. we chatted? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I my I think like a lot of people's names are like very Hispanic, yes. so people get confused. But both of my parents um, immigrated from the Philippines. That is fascinating. So this is where a lot of synergies come. So my mother, she's also a nurse, and we're first generation when we came in. So. There, and I think that that's also one of the, the, the topics that I want to be able to uncover with you today is like this whole concept of, granted, we're probably coming at us a little bit biased because we grew up with this idea of, all right, yeah. you have to be a nurse, doctor, lawyer, <laughs> accountant. Um, and mm-hmm. nursing was definitely part of the, the conversation growing up. And I would be so, so fascinated to be able to just like kind of tap into your journey of one, first and foremost, it sounds like, and I also want to play like this very delicate balance too, where of course, like you're I'm sure that your mother really wanted you to become a nurse at some point or just had that conversation. Mm-hmm. But there had to be this moment in time where you also agreed and were aligned with that direction and felt that that pursuit of that career was also going to help fulfill your own personal purpose and your mission and your values. So Let's kind of talk about that that journey because I'm really fascinated and I'm like laughing internally because I'm like, yeah. I, totally diso- I totally disobeyed my mom. Um, didn't go into nursing, but I also do work with nurses now. So that's that's so, so funny. Yeah. It comes full circle. Um, Absolutely. So let's kind of go into your journey. So walk me through your thought process of you know, from start to finish. I know that I want, I know that nursing has been something that my family really wants for me. Walk me through the process of like you realizing that that's also what you wanted for yourself. And then going into this progression of being so incredibly driven and wanting to go into the business side of healthcare and now eventually becoming a C-level executive. There's probably like a lot of questions that I just asked in one too, by the way. Yeah, no worries. I let me let me try and answer in the way that I think. Um, yeah, I well, when that first conversation happened, I was actually super resistant. Um, I had cousins, I had family that were happily like, "Yes, absolutely, I'll go into nursing." And I always kind of found myself being like the black sheep. I'm like, "But what if I tried this?" And the conversation always was like, "We don't know how to help you to do that." 
whatever it is that's not what they already knew. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, that just means I just have to figure it out on my own. But the way that they saw nursing was like something that was safe. And I grew up doing a lot of community service just because the schools that I went to, one required it, but I always did more hours because I really enjoyed it. So I always knew I, I really loved helping people. I li- really liked serving the community. Um, I worked a lot with children with special needs. Um, so I I really had like a passion there for a while. I still do, but now it's just kind of like from this broader perspective. But um, I think going back to your question, like I always knew that I really wanted to serve people. I wasn't 100% sure that, you know, I wanted it to be through the pathway of nursing, but I was like, okay, like I'll do it. And then whatever happens after that, like I will figure it out. Um, so I, I worked as a nurse, um, starting from when I was like 21. Mm. Um, and then just being able to see the different opportunities. I, even like on the side, I was doing like little side projects, looking into, you know, emerging technology in the healthcare space and kind of doing some like freelancing work, um, doing like quality assurance, testing out different, um, platforms and I just got really interested in like all the different things that you could expand from healthcare. Um, so I think just with that curiosity and just the conversations that I was having with my parents are like, you know, if you want to leave nursing, you can leave, but you have to figure it out yourself. And I was like, okay, well, I will do that. And that's exactly what I did. Um, and it came a lot from just, you know, asking for help or just asking for different perspectives. Um, and just having conversations with people that, you know, very unsuspecting people that you didn't ever think could help you in your life. Mm, that's amazing. Yeah, you're you're exactly right, right? You know, the path to executive leadership is certainly not linear. And there's so many directions that we can go. So let's kind of tap into your role specifically, right, as chief innovation officer. It's funny, one of the advice mm-hmm. that I had gotten as a young girl was, Eloisa, if you want to become this type, right, this title, this type of role, and you want to have this type of role, go on LinkedIn and take a look at people who have the same title that you're looking for or the title that you aspire to have and look at their journey. You know, what did they learn? What school, what skills did they have to adapt? What experiences did they have? So how did you think about you know, when you decided that um, you wanted to become a nurse and that the path wasn't going to be carved out for you, like, walk us through that whole entire process. Yeah, I mean, moving into the C-suite was actually never part of my initial plan. It wasn't anything I knew, obviously nothing that anyone that I knew could help me with. So instead of trying to, I guess, figure out this path to C-suite, I just, I knew that I needed to learn new skills. I needed to do different things to build up either a skill set or expertise where I could add value somewhere. So I focused on that a lot um, because there were so many things just like from business acumen that I was just like, I have no idea where to start with this. Um, And so I just started, you know, trying to do it in practice um, in the role that I was in. And, you know, the chief innovation officer role, it's pretty new to the industry. Um, So I wasn't even really looking up chief innovation officers on LinkedIn. I only got a LinkedIn probably like three or four years ago. (laughs) So I was not at all uh, savvy to that, but it was more of just 
um, learning from different people, you know, what their experience has been, um, because I think everyone just has a unique story of how they got to where they were. And it's never really a clear path. It's never the journey that you thought it was going to be. So I think just embracing the unknown was, um, I think, the most impactful part of the journey. And that's where I learned the most, um, all the skills that, you know, I was trying to learn and learning skills that I didn't even know that I needed to learn. Mm, Yeah, that definitely makes sense. It's like this, we don't know what we don't know, but we've got to have this open mind and sense of curiosity, a very keen sense of curiosity Mm -hmm. to be able to learn new, new skills and new ideas. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So you talked about the word pivot a couple of times. So I'm curious what that looked like and then advice that you might have, your mistakes to avoid, all of the things when it comes to either making a career change or even just choosing the path in itself. Yeah, I think when I I had like this heart to heart with myself and I was just like, okay, being on the bedside is not sustainable for me. I burned out after two years, but I've also, you know, gone back to the bedside because I, I knew that that's where, where it was needed of me at that time when the pandemic started. But I, I really had to have this conversation with myself and figure out, you know, what do I really like to do? Like strip everything down to what was it about my journey so far that I really like to do and how do I, I pursue that. And I think that's where I made my first pivot. It was like, I don't really have much to lose right now. Um, You know, I'm either going to stay in the hospital and potentially be miserable and be burnt out, or I take this leap of faith and figure out what's going to happen next. And so during that first leap of faith uh, with that first startup, I started to, you know, just really hone in on those skills that I was learning that was still very new to me. and I think a lot of mistakes that I've seen other people make, I, I luckily um, am grateful that I didn't make this mistake, is kind of chase status before you kind of chase your purpose. Um, mm. And I really wanted to avoid that because I've seen it so many times in practice and it never really goes well. It doesn't go well for yourself. It doesn't go well for the people around you or the teams that you're working with. Um, so I think that's like one thing to avoid. And then one thing to really just embrace is just like the the full journey, just, you know, the unknown, the uncertainty. Um, Every time I've made a career change or like a a journey pivot, I've always in the end felt like that was the best decision I've ever made. And I learned so many things along the way, met so many people along the way um, that the journey looked way bigger than I could have ever dreamed of. That's amazing. Really, I can tell that you're incredibly purpose driven. And your your statement of not chasing status over purpose is so incredibly powerful. And I think one thing that I really want to get your thoughts and insights on is when we think about people who are breaking into a new industry or thinking about a whole new career. And it could even be the example of healthcare in itself because my goodness, there's been quite quite a lot of changes and innovation and challenges over the past several years, which you definitely don't need to go into specifically. But 
you know, when we think about those who might be interested in breaking into a new career or going into healthcare, what are some challenges that you believe that they should look out for, right? Like, what are some challenges that they might experience and should get ahead of? I think the imposter syndrome. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I know on a few of your other episodes, you've talked about it before. And I think it's such a, a big thing that we experience, especially in leadership roles. Um and that no one really prepares you for. Um, but I think it's one of those things that I had to learn to navigate um, and just understand that like not having a traditional background and moving into a different career, that actually makes you have a way more unique perspective or allows you to learn things faster or leverage the skills that you had from you know, your previous life or your previous background to optimize those new skills that you're learning. Um, And I think there's not enough um, feeling of safety in that. So um, imposter syndrome for me for years was a huge thing only up until recently when I kind of learned to embrace that process. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And Megan, I'm sure that there's been a slew of experiences and skills that you've been able to achieve. And it's just kind of going back to our previous point, right, of embracing embracing the unknown and just being so incredibly mm-hmm. open on what those opportunities could be. So pulling on that thread then, as you continue into this role and you continue to develop and enhance your leadership skills, like what's helping you? Is it mentorship, development coaches? Like what's your, what's your secret sauce? What are your tricks? Yeah. The mentorship, the development coaches, all of that. I, during the first pivot with that first startup, um, the first thing I did was find a mentor. Um, I found someone that I looked up to, I think he was like our fractional COO at the time. And I was like, wow, I really want to learn how to do that. And I was just like, teach me everything you know. And like, how do I navigate these situations? Because I was working more in the hospital. I never worked like on the corporate end or like the more internal business or operations end. So I was like, I just want to learn it all. And so I was like getting in the trenches. And I think that was a really important part of the journey too, is just like immersing yourself and rolling up your sleeves and Um, just getting in the trenches to do the work and understand what it's like to do it from the ground up, Um, especially like moving into a startup that was really big. And I think something really life-changing for me was having this mentor who is also like my development coach that I worked with. And he kind of taught me all these tools to combat imposter syndrome and help me realize and materialize my potential um, because I've, my imposter syndrome was so bad at one time that I had declined a really big promotion initially. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like I can't do that. And I I didn't want to do that again. Um, and so I worked with this development coach and he's just been just a great sounding board to bring in this outside perspective and make you realize, you know, this non-traditional background is something that is almost a leg up on the traditional type of background or acumen that a lot of people might have. Oh my gosh, that is so powerful. I think to your point of imposter syndrome, I remember that I was reading somewhere that 
there's also just this interesting dynamic between the confidence and I, I hate to say confidence because I'm like we can be pretty confident okay but yeah um, there's like this varying degree of men versus women and you know how confident that they feel in taking on and accepting a new position that quite frankly we're probably only like 60% capable of or have the expertise of right and what was fascinating about that point was we found that women were far, far, far less likely to assume that new position if they felt like they were 80% qualified. While on the other hand, Mm -hmm. men were still prone and would opt into those new positions if they felt like they were maybe 55 to 60% confident. So it's like Mm -hmm. this, this really interesting dynamic between it's almost like, and I don't want to assume, but like my person, like my own personal bias behind it is that we kind of have, and it seems like you're kind of the same way. So that's why I'm saying this, but we have such a higher degree of what we deem as satisfactory or what we're wanting. Right. So Mm -hmm. we challenge ourselves so much more when at the end of the day, like your mentor is exactly right. If you regardless right we're gonna groom ourselves into that role we're gonna learn new skills we're open we're coachable right is this all kind of is this all kind of aligned with how you've been thinking through things yeah yeah absolutely I mean my coach Steven Medling amazing guy he um it went beyond you know trying to address imposter syndrome uh with the kind of fake it till you make it um, mindset and we moved more into like tools to realize oh my god you've done x y and z and that's why you're qualified to do all these other things and I was like I've never thought of it that way um, but yeah you're exactly right it's just just different ways to think about how to address this and um, especially in the current environment being a woman of color in this environment in the startup environment right now with everything going on is I think super challenging but um, it's really rewarding and it's so awesome to see other women succeeding in this industry. So yeah, absolutely. Goodness. I mean, just in these first, like these, these few moments that we've had together, it's, it's very inspiring to me, the work that you're doing, not only for, of course, of course, providing more representation across all sons of leadership, all types of leadership, right? Cause we need more female leaders. We need more women leaders. Um, and also the work that you're doing, speaking broadly about healthcare, it's it's fascinating. It's super encouraging that we have someone like the, you that who were incredibly committed to being and creating a more equitable health world. So final question for you. We like to do this every single time on the trip. Sure. If, if you could give advice to a young woman that is desiring to be a future entrepreneur or executive, what would you tell them? I think what we we've kind of been reiterating, like embrace the unknown. I there was nothing more exciting than that, and I think some people just need that push of, you know, the grass is greener. Um, if you are somewhere where you don't want to be, there are endless opportunities for you. Well, thank you, Christina, for your time. Looking to hear more practical applications of leadership, personal, and team development. Subscribe to this podcast, and we'll catch you next time on the drift. <laughs>